Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. It is Tracy. It is another Monday morning. New episodes come out every single Monday, 9 a.m. on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube as well. My guest today is former Miss Massachusetts. She is also a three-time Emmy Award winner from her time being an NBC News anchor. And she's recently started her own marketing agency, PR and marketing agency, that is Newsmaker Marketing. She is the one, the only, Jackie Bruno. Wow, can I take you everywhere with me? Yes. That is quite, like, yeah, I just need, whenever, before I walk in, you can do that. That's perfect. I would love very, to. Very former Miss Massachusetts. It's, it was quite some time ago now. What year was it? 2008. Wow. Like, I think that the, the trending clothes are coming back in style already. That's how long ago it was. I hope you kept them. I should have. I I can't (laughs) say I can still fit into them, but. (laughs) I'm sure you can. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much for coming. I have a lot of fun questions, all different variety of questions that I want to get into. But before we do, I always like to start with a couple just introductory basic questions for the people. So for the people, for the people. (laughs) First and foremost, how old are you? If you don't mind saying, I definitely don't mind saying I'm 37 years old. Thank you for allowing me to be on this podcast. I believe I'm almost a survivor of my 30s, (laughs) um, which is very exciting. Um, And as I told you, I think it gets better. I love that. Yeah, we were chatting a little bit beforehand. And she said, um, I think that the 40s are the new 30s. So you guys, I mean, I'm not rushing into them. (laughs) But I think that uh, Things have definitely made more sense on the latter half of my 30s. And I think that all the things that you've done in the earlier parts of your 20s and your early 30s, Mm. you're just building upon them. And you can kind of see the fruits of your labor a little bit more. I couldn't agree more. I'm not there yet, but I imagine I will have the same mentality. I think you're doing pretty well. I didn't have my own podcast back then. Although (laughs) I don't think podcasts were around Yeah, I was going to say, because now everyone has podcasts, let's be honest. Also, yeah, things were a lot different. Okay, um, where were you born and raised? So I'm a hometown girl. Um, I was born in Fall River, Massachusetts, grew up in Freetown, Massachusetts, and I actually moved back to my hometown, bought a house down the street from my parents. If you told me this back in the day, I would be horrified and think I was a huge failure. But as I told my sisters, when you realize what property taxes are, you're gonna really, really Mm. see the value in the hometown. And my grandparents are there and they're still alive. So I have two boys now. I have babysitters. My godmother helps me with the boys. So it's it's invaluable to be near. So my commutes are always a little crazy, but it's worth it. But then again, what you what you probably have to spend in ta- and gas you're saving for on those property taxes. So it all it all evens out. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's it's given me a really great base to be a homeowner. A lot, we bought the house probably almost 13 years ago now, wow. and so now I'm just like, you want how much for this house without a garage? That's hysterical <laughs> to me. Um, so especially right now, it's wild. Yeah. So I just feel like we made a good decision a long time ago, and it was a really frugal decision, but it's worked out well. And I love the school system for my kids. Aww. Well, All these mature go. things you have to think about in your later <laughs> 30s, guys. Let's talk about something flirty. <laughs> well, um, then my next question for you was going to be, what is your zodiac sign? Do you know? Oh, of course. I'm a Capricorn. <gasps> and Ooh. through and through. Workaholic. Completely, yes. Yeah, obsessed with work. I see that in you. I think we've only ever had one other Capricorn on oh, the really? show. Okay. So I'm I'm excited. But I can I sense the Are energy. Are you feeling tense already about it? <laughs> 
No, we're very I'm very tense. happy about it. <laughs> we're very tense, I feel like. <laughs> um, what is your relationship status? I mean, I know you just alluded to have kids. So. Yes, yes, I'm married. Married. Yeah, still married um, to my lovely husband, Joe. Yes. And yeah, we've been married. We just celebrated 10 years. So Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank wow. you. Wow. And really quickly, I not to divert <laughs> Maybe more too much. to him. He put up with me for that long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Bravo. congratulations to him for getting you in the first place. Oh, true. That was a great catch. But I feel like he's aging better. It's like he's getting hotter and I'm just like trying to make more money. God, why are we own why are we always our own worst critics? We are, we are, but he's a great dad and yeah, I love him. And really quickly, not to divert too much, but you were telling me the story about how you guys met prior to starting the recording. I know we had like a good you, podcast before you guys all got did. here. We did. We should do like the after show, like all the sidebar conversations before and after. That'd be so fun. Tell me how you guys met. We'll tell so them. We were hooked up between friends on Facebook. Um Crazy. one of my friends, actually my mother told me I date freaks and I said I think they've been handsome charismatic freaks mom um and she said doesn't billy have any nice friends so my gal pal kim who was dating our friend billy i immediately called her and was like denise said this and um we were cracking up and she goes actually he does there's these two guys one ended up being in our wedding party and that would have been a terrible situation (laughs) because he's like earthy crunchy and wanted something good not shower for like two two weeks i can't go more than i can't a debt. Like, right, right. I, I, absolutely not. And Joe, she told me he was six five, and I said, "Tell me more." And the rest is history. He flew from London to meet me. Wow. Yeah, so we met in Logan Airport, and then within twenty four hours, and then I had to drive him back to Springfield because he didn't have a license at the time because he grew up in Brooklyn. And then <laughs> but he was six five, so it's okay. <laughs> but he was six five, so I was willing to do almost anything. And um, yeah, I brought him back to Springfield, and then the next morning I said, "Do you want to meet my parents? I think this is going really well." And he said, "Yes." So that tells you a lot. And um, and here you guys are now. Kids. How everything. many kids? We have two kids. Two boys. Yes. Congratulations. Seven again. and four. So it is a wild house. I, I my dream of living in a frat house has finally come <laughs> true. I just now am related to most of them. So that's awkward. Yep. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. You keep <laughs> cracking me up. Oh my gosh. Okay. Last fun question for you is do you have a TV show that you're currently binging right now? Do you have like a guilty pleasure? Uh, right TV now show? I'm binging The Empress. Anybody else watching that on Ooh, Netflix? No. I love a good uh, rom, not rom com, but like a period rom piece. Oh, okay. Obsessed. Okay. Um, I don't know. One that I like binged and got really into. I love Arrested Development. And okay. I think that's my go to whenever yeah. I'm like, having a bad day and I just need something light. Yes. And it's always nice to be able to go back and rewatch those shows too because you don't have to fully tune in. You already know what's happening but it's just like that nostalgia makes you feel good. Yeah, totally. I joke that 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 makes me feel right at home that show which I don't think most people have that experience but I feel like our family is definitely based off that family. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure bits and pieces. They, oh, well, you're not listening. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mom and dad, please don't watch. My mom might be a little <laughs> Lucille Bluth. I love it. Okay, well, I started off by giving just a very quick and brief background on you, but um, I'm sure many folks in the Boston area know you and are familiar with you, but I would love to hear it from you directly. Just tell everybody a little bit about your background, sort of where you got started um, in your professional career into where you are right now. Yeah, so I went to Boston University for broadcast journalism, was kind of a news nerd for a long time, editor-in-chief of my school newspaper, was so excited to go to BU. 
I'm going to be the next Katie Couric in my <laughs> mind. And um, I get my first job out in Springfield. I worked out there for three years. Got my next job in Boston, which was the time was a huge deal. I feel like everybody's like jumping quickly into Boston now. Yeah. But I got a job at NECN and I had been there since I just left my job this summer. Um, and we became NBC Boston and had a wonderful career being able to do a lot of really varied things from entertainment reporting to by the end, I feel like I was starting to get known for storm coverage and because apparently it's funny to watch me flail in the wind and struggle. But yeah, so anything from interviewing celebrities to covering really, you know, hard stories from the Boston Marathon bombing to, um, wow. yeah, to, to all the crazy stories. We've had a wild few years in news in Boston um, and it was my privilege to share information with people as they were either going through hard things or try to make them laugh and give them a reason to smile as well, which are my favorite stories. Yeah. And now I, um, I kind of burnt out. I decided I needed to get out of TV news. It was changing so much. It's become so politically heavy. The stories seem more heavy than they used to be, and I just wanted to be able to find more flexibility, but I did not want to lose storytelling. So I just took a break, went on a mental health leave, not embarrassed to say that, um, and I took three months to really just take myself out of the game, reflect, what did I miss? Sometimes you have to really spend some time away to find out, do I even miss this? Do I even like this anymore? Yeah. For me, it was I was chasing my childhood dream. And a whole lot had changed since I was a kid watching Peter Jennings, right? Like with my grandfather. <laughs> so the industry has completely changed. The internet and social media has completely changed the way that we report and get our news. Mm -hmm. So I thought, let me think deeply about how I can still do this work. And I came up with Newsmaker Marketing, where we are storytelling directly for companies and we're combining it with PR and I call it marketing because essentially that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. So we're telling their stories directly to their owned media and then any earned media that we get in terms of PR, that is the cherry on top. Absolutely. I want to get into Newsmaker a little bit later. I'm going to kind of start by asking you a couple know, different a questions. No, no, no. I, it's a good little timeline, storyline. And okay. now we'll go from piece by piece and kind of ask a little questions about each. So first things first, you were mentioning you've had an opportunity to interview a lot of celebrities. Yes. Are you comfortable sharing your favorite yep. and least favorite Absolutely. interviews? Absolutely. I'm excited to share this. I don't think I've ever shared this before. <gasps> a TFS exclusive. Yes. Now that I'm free <laughs> from news, I feel like I can finally talk some, you know. Uh, right. So keep it real. Let's keep it real. I mean, I think I always kept it real, but I could not say like who was right. terrible. Right. But we'll, we'll start on a high note. Okay. Best Ted Danson. Oh. Awesome guy. I unexpected. Him, he's a little unexpected. I don't know if that's flirty enough. I mean, he was hot back in the day, guys. Yeah. Still a great guy. I asked him, how um, do you find a successful series for like The Good Place and Cheers? And you have all these incredible. Yeah. And he said that you have to always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. And he said a lot of people in Hollywood don't do that. And they, he said if you're always surrounded by people who are smarter than you, you'll be in a really creative, really energetic crowd and you'll be lifted up with them. And so I thought that was a really good piece that's of advice. That's solid advice. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that says a lot about someone's character. People usually feel inferior being in a room yeah. that they don't feel like they're the smartest or have the most to offer. But I think that 
truly the smartest people are the ones that can acknowledge that yeah. they have more to learn and want to put themselves in those types of situations. Yeah. So much more to gain. Yeah, and he didn't have an ego at all. Yeah. He was so willing just to talk and he was super cool. So he was great. Carson okay. Daly was great as well. He went around and inter- introduced himself to every single wow. person in the room from the sound guy to the lighting guy to everything. And it was funny. He's like, hi, I'm Carson. I'm like, I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> like as if I wasn't aware. Yeah, he was great. Super <laughs> very cool, humble. It very seems. humble. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, the worst. You ready? I know. I feel like I'm going to crush your hopes and dreams. Okay. SJP. Sarah Jessica Oh, Parker. no. I'm not surprised at not all. Not surprised at all. She was horrific <gasps> to interview. Really? But it's so funny because everyone always says that she's so nice. But the reason why that? I'm not surprised <laughs> is because I think that when everyone says she's so nice, mm. there maybe is a little bit of um, a facade going on. I worry about people like that. Maybe. That are just, maybe you're so nice. Maybe they don't have anything nice to actually say about her. And they, so they're just saying, throwing out a platitude. Okay, because wait, so quite frankly, she, she was in a play with her husband here in Boston. Mm. And it was about them playing three different married couples. So I wanted to ask her yeah. about the challenge of being able to play many different types of you know, couples yeah. with your husband. Clearly, that was a like very, very valid question. On point question, yeah. right? We were not allowed to ask anything about their marriage, but it was about the play and about the roles. It's like life impersonating art type totally. of thing. Like I thought it was about the play, so I asked that anyway. Um, <laughs> so I did what I wasn't supposed to. Well, I just thought it was like a lame <laughs> rule, and I thought like I, if I'm going to do a story about this this show, I got to get her to talk about the show. Right? Duh. You kind of could kill two birds with one stone. She acted like I asked about her menstrual cycle or something. (laughs) She literally acted like I was the worst person in the world, some awful evil person. Oh my gosh. And then she pretty much shut down. Matthew Broderick looked like he was a prisoner behind her and he looked scared AF. (gasps) And then, yeah. And then um, there was a male reporter and she lit up for him. And I was like, oh, that's not fair. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I just think she wasn't having it that day. But even well, your maybe actress, what are you trying to hide about your marriage? I think it's really shady, if you ask me. They've been together for like ever, right? So yeah, just tell me that it was like a fun challenge to you know play three different married couples. Yeah, right. It's not a hard answer, right? It can be simple. It doesn't have to go into full depth. I do not need to know anything about your actual marriage. I'm asking about your fictional roles in the play <laughs> that you are trying to promote. So anyway, she is help me help you the worst. Wow! Thank you. Wow! You I know. heard it here. I people. will never buy those SJP overpriced shoes. Cheers to that. Let's cheers to that. They're overpriced. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Take that that I wish there's this was the tea. tea. I wish there's, this was tea. I yeah. Well, they don't have to know that it is tea. Okay. okay? There you go. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for being so open and sharing that. You're welcome. My first real question to you is, you started off in communications, then Miss America. Then well, Miss, Miss USA. I'm sorry, Miss They are USA. different, I know, I know. <laughs> sorry. Then um, news anchoring, yep. now owning your own business. Yep. When you, like little Jackie, when she was young, mm-hmm. These are a bunch of different things. I can see some of the the commonalities and the ties. You would but not have seen the commonality if you saw little Jackie. <laughs> we got to get a photo I, I for you. I want to know what did little Jackie think little Jackie she was going to be when she grew up one possible. day. Little Jackie thought that she loved to write 
she thought maybe she could be a lobbyist or a lawyer or something like oh. that. And then I discovered journalism and I thought I could write for that. And then I discovered broadcast journalism in college and I thought, well, this is very effective. I've already got the whole interview. Why would I try to paraphrase it? Yeah. And I just wanted to seem more effective. And um, that's kind of how it started. I think I just loved storytelling from a really early age and was just a super nerd. Like I had glasses. I was like 5'10 in like, I don't know, fourth grade. <laughs> and a, a general giant, but I yeah. like couldn't gain weight at that time. So you can imagine like I was like olive oil Aww. for a while. Yeah, not anymore. I stopped growing and all that food caught up with me, but. And your husband's 6'5", so that's okay. Yeah, exactly. I can wear whatever it all worked out, yeah. Yeah, he'll always make me look tiny. Yay. We love that about him. Yeah, we love thank that. you. <laughs> Did you, so with storytelling being at the core, I think of everything that you've you've done, did you, as long as you had a chance and an opportunity to do that. Were you sort of like, whatever I land in career-wise is okay? Or did you know you wanted to try a little bit of everything with that being your sort of inspiration, your motivation? Yeah, I wish I could say that anything I ever land in would be okay. That is the opposite of how I've rolled for my entire life. I have been so goal-focused fo my yeah. whole life. It's like- The I'm Capricorn. Gonna be, a Capricorn. I'm gonna be Miss Mass Teen USA. I did that. I'm gonna be Miss Massachusetts USA. I did that. I'm gonna go to BU. I did that. I'm gonna be a news anchor in my hometown. I did that. Um, so everything was super- goal oriented, but now newsmaker marketing came around because I literally gave myself time to not have a goal and I had yeah. no idea what I wanted to do. And I think this is gonna be the most fruitful part of my life. It's already a huge success and I'm just so excited that I'm doing something I love that has a really, really great um, reward. We're helping people grow their companies yeah. and we're helping them accomplish their dreams and in the end accomplishing ours too. So it just makes so much sense, but it came to me when I finally said I have to stop trying to control everything and I have to give myself time to let the universe guide me a little here. And when two people called me asking if I could put them in touch with a PR or marketing person, I said, well, I have been thinking about doing this as well. And they're like, excellent. Right. What's, what's your prices? And I'm like, can I get back to you in two weeks? <laughs> yep. Wow. That's so that's how, how it really all began. Yeah. That's crazy. So I felt it was the universe being like, okay. Uh, very much so. Clearly I'm trying to show you something. And I thought it's about time that I start listening to them because I was pretty burnt out yeah. and unhappy for a while in TV news. That's really funny. Uh, a couple weeks ago we had um, Madison Ciccone on here and she was talking about this thing that she's sort of coined called the knock. Mm. And it's similar to what you were saying where enough people come to you and start to ask you about one thing or they want a favor from you they they push you in a certain direction whatever it may be and you're it's like not clicking mm -hmm. until finally you're like wait a second if this person this person this person all keeps asking me about this one thing why am i not doing this why am i not right. leaning into this and it's like that those are the little knocks and you've got to just be aware of the knock and so this person didn't even think twice to just say, okay, what's your prices? Yeah, and I and I was kind of surprised. So and I thought I better start figuring this out. I had already started the connector too, which is mm -hmm. another thing that I started a year before, and that was purely just to help people and find a community for women. Yeah, who if wanted that. they don't know, tell them a little bit about connector. Yeah, so that's just a networking group that I created. It's free, and it's basically to help women who are trying to you know level up their personal and professional goals. Mm -hmm. um, and I figure the more people we know, the better it'll and easier it will be to do that. And so it's helping to build that network. And I feel like it was something that I was inspired to do because of pageants. And I had all these great friends that were amazing helps and resources. And I just thought there was enough room for all of us and we can yeah. find ways to help each other rather than try to 
be competitive. Absolutely. And what a good way to do something good out of this platform and these resources that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, you could. Everybody wanted me to monetize that. And I was like, well, no, because nobody wants to pay for friends. Nobody wants that. Um, I didn't even like doing that in college. I disaffiliated from a sorority. So um, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you want a sorority pay- girl Yeah. I'm like, I have to pay a fee because I can't come to your party. That's a no for me. That's um, what's the rules? If you can't attend a party, you have to pay. Well, yeah, for certain things. Oh my gosh! And I was like, no thanks. Uh uh-uh. uh No way. I'm like, this isn't even. These parties aren't even that cool. <laughs> I, I don't want to do a beer. I love you, <laughs> but like the party scene really wasn't the best. I'm like, I'll be in Harvard. Bye. See you later. Yeah, see you later. Harvard, BC, Northeastern. <laughs> I'll be hanging out in those locations. I love it. Yeah. So if there was um, a young lady mm-hmm. in her maybe early 20s, even late 20s or 30s, and they're feeling a little bit like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, my yeah. career. Having tried a little bit of everything, kind of going back to that again, what would your advice to them be to help figure that out. Yeah, I think, I mean, let's first of all, even go back even further. If you're trying to figure out what to major in, Mm -hmm. um, don't, unless you know what you really want to do. Maybe take a break because it's really not worth all the college money that you're going to be spending um, if you don't know what you want to do yet. Now, that being said, you might do something and then do something totally opposite of that. And that's okay too. You really have to figure out what gets you so passionate and so excited to get up in the morning about. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, it's storytelling. For me, it's telling happy stories. And yet I was constantly having to tell negative stories and that was really bringing me down. Um, but I had to find a way to still make money doing that. Yeah. And so I think that um, the news definitely built up my network and I made friends and I have this large network that now I can connect people. And that's part of our marketing, like putting somebody in touch with somebody that can help fund their business or a spokesperson or, um, you know, we have one client who, is a sports therapist and I can put them in touch with somebody from the revolution or the Patriots. And now we've made that huge win for them just by making a connection. So there's a lot of different ways that we can use what I learned in TV from storytelling to connections to, um, just, uh, no, you know, guiding them when it comes to media coaching as well. So there's a lot Mm. that we can do. And I was, so I don't think anything I did was a waste. I think it was all just kind of building me up for this. So I think just being open and knowing that like whatever you go into right out of college or right out of, you know, your second job, it doesn't have to be forever. And maybe it's building you up. So you have something to lean on when you finally figure out what the big thing is. Yeah. So taking chances. Yep. Always, you know, being comfortable, walking up to somebody, saying hello, introducing yourself. Absolutely. You just never know what yeah, that relationship network. could lead to. Put yourself out there. Um, definitely. Now that we have Facebook and LinkedIn and all these. Oh, LinkedIn yeah. Is the such possibilities a, are endless. Yes. Make sure that you're connecting with people and uh, build that network because it's going to be so worthwhile. The people that I know from my college days and my 20s, I mean, they are running businesses now and Mm -hmm. it's great. I'm like, oh my God, look at you. And they're like, look at you. And I'm like, but look (laughs) at you. (laughs) And it's just fun because you can kind of like be excited for everybody at the same time. So talk to me a little bit about your time towards the end um, as a news anchor and that that common theme of negative, sad stories or maybe heavy topics that were on the political side of things. 
what does that do to someone's mental health when you feel like you're just disseminating this almost negativity in a way? Does that take a toll on you? Yeah, I think it was a long buildup. I think the Boston Marathon bombing, which I was an eyewitness to, uh, definitely did something to me and mm-hmm. definitely made me think differently about how we were covering news. And I guess I was I had also experienced that. So I had a different time telling that story because for the first time ever, I wanted to use the word I. I saw this. Um, and I remember people telling me that you can't say that. I'm like, but what else do I say? I saw that before the people I'm even interviewing saw that, right? right? So it just kind of like struck me that there was a lot of like traditional ways in news back then. And it's changed a lot since then. But how it's changed too is that we, you know, no longer respect who the president is on either side of the aisle. And I don't think that that's okay. I don't think that the way we cover news is okay um, all around. I think that there's a lot of bias on whatever station you're tuning into. Right. Um, and I also feel like we're constantly telling people who died and I don't know, I don't really want to be the person on the death report. I kind of want to be the person who tells you what's good in your community, what's happening, who's making a difference. Um, and I got to do that for a little while when I was the entertainment lifestyle reporter, I found Mm -hmm. ways to, you know, make that more than just a fluff piece. We were able to tell incredible stories about graffiti artists and tattoo artists and all these amazing people who were doing such creative, cool things. And it was so uplifting and people loved that. And that's where I got my three Emmys from. And then of course, as they usually do in TV news, they're like, you should be an anchor again. And that's kind of where it started to really spiral because the pandemic hit. Now we were no longer going out in the community. All my interviews were over Zoom Mm -hmm. and it just, you don't even have a cutaway of these people. So the creativity and the craft of storytelling and doing the news no longer really was there. And that, I got really bored. Yeah, And I don't think that I can be bored. I think I have to always feel like I have a challenge. I like to work hard. And it's funny that I burnt out when I was probably the least busy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was bored. That's interesting. And I was angry that I couldn't do more. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only so much control you have of the situation working for, you know, a large network like that. Yeah. Um, But how wonderful that the Emmys you have won have been from at least stories that you were passionate about and felt shared good. That's really incredible. And that makes them so much more worth it because they were also mine. They weren't from a a large newscast. They were because of stories that I sought out, Mm. I told, I wrote, and I produced, and we got on TV. And I'm still so proud of them to this day. As you should be. Yeah. What do you think really made things turn, though? I mean, do you think it's just our society's infatuation with drama and entertainment, like almost in like a sex sells type of way, like the bad stuff is what intrigues people. I think that that always was there, but I think the technology has changed where you don't have to watch the news anymore. Right, Um, people don't. people are watching it. And you can tune out and still get your information. You can still get your weather. There's a lot of apps for that these Mm -hmm. days. Um, And I just think that like, so people have no problem telling you now, I don't watch the news. And then I thought about it and I'm like, well, I don't really either when I'm home. Yeah. And I still have a lot of friends in it. I think there's a lot of good that they do. And I think when big news breaks, we have a major storm. There's still a really valuable piece. Oh, absolutely. Where TV news really plays a part. So I always have respect for anyone. And I still say journalists, are the hardest working people out there, and they are the best storytellers, which is why I've created a business to employ them. And I'm really excited about that because while my faith in TV news has definitely changed, um, my faith in journalists, still strong, still strong. So I love how open you've been about the fact that you did take a little bit of a break and a timeout and you 
are you're never ashamed of that and and as a matter of fact you praise that and yeah, you and you make a I've point to talk about it um Tell me a little bit, were you nervous to do that? Oh, I didn't think I could. I think I probably spent two years in a really bad place. I was coming home often crying. I had had to go to therapy. I ended up having to get on medication, which I'm still on. I think actually that's a great thing. Absolutely. Um, but I think that I got to a place where I no longer understood I, for a long time, always never understood why somebody would commit suicide. And it's a hard thing to admit, but I figured out why. I think people sometimes do. It's because they don't think they can take a break. And it feels like the only way you can take a break. And I was never at the point where I wanted to do that. But the fact that it even clicked Crossed. at all that this kind of started to make sense for someone really was scary. And I was crying in, a, in the makeup room. And one of my colleagues found me and I said, I don't, I, I just need two weeks off. I just need to in two weeks sounded like an eternity at the time. <laughs> so I went to my doctor, I got a note for two weeks off and I thought this is gonna fix everything. And by the end of two weeks, I'm like, I can't go back yet. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. I hadn't left my bed. I was so depressed. I thought I wow. absolutely had destroyed my life. Um, I thought everybody's gonna think I'm crazy. And what did I do? And we had a new management, our fifth you know, regime changed. So it had been a lot of having to prove yourself, having to make sure that you were still valuable to a new regime over and over and over again. I just didn't have it in me to keep doing it. And I thought at this point, 10 years in the market, having run at the Boston Marathon bombing, won three Emmys, secured major exclusives, clearly I should have been at the top of my game. Yeah. And I wasn't. And so I thought this doesn't make sense to me. And I was frustrated, I was angry, and I was probably putting out negative energy, to be honest with you, because I was in such a bad place. And the pandemic definitely did not help things. No. And I think that I just had to take that break. And once I got past about a month, I knew I couldn't go back still. <laughs> so I kept on extending it, which was surprising even to me. And I focused on therapy, I focused on finding out the why behind maybe some of my issues. That really helped me figure out that this was not because I was flawed, it's because maybe there had been some trauma in my life between the bombing yeah. and some past things. And once I started figuring out the why, I could start to take the blame off myself and start figuring out, then I just gave myself time to figure out what I liked. Yeah. Because I couldn't even watch a show, I couldn't read a book by the end of it, I couldn't focus on anything other than looking for jobs. Wow. So I knew that if I couldn't even watch a television show and enjoy it, there's something drastically wrong here. Oh, yeah. And it's called depression, but I didn't call it that. I was like, <laughs> I'm having a lot of anxiety, which I right, was. Right, right. But it was also depression. But it's hard. In the moment, you don't know no. how to define I think that. It was two and months you're not unaware in a way. No, I think it was two months into my uh, break that I was like, I'm depressed. And she's like, Yes, I'm you so think? glad that you finally um, <laughs> admitted that. So I'm like, yeah, I know. I kind of came around to the idea. And she's like, yeah, I think you've been to, you've been on Prozac for uh, two years now, Jackie. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she's like, what do you think that's been for? <laughs> for fun. No, those aren't Skittles. Um, <laughs> so, so all in all, how long was the duration of your break? Yeah, it was you about took? three months three until months. I negotiated a way to get out and um, – yeah, and it was great that my company, you know, all the kudos to NBC Universal for having great healthcare and having yeah. an opportunity to be able to do that. And also here in Massachusetts, we have some great laws that really protect you. If anybody does need to take a break, definitely look into them because you can. Um, and I don't think people realize that. And it's the same thing as if you had, um, you know, a, a physical problem. Right. It's the same thing, and, and it's just as serious. And I gave myself time to figure out what I enjoyed. I just enjoyed the summer with my kids. 
And then I waited to see what I missed. And I didn't miss being in the newsroom, but I did miss storytelling. And I realized the things I missed were the things I had done two years ago, not even the things I had been doing. Wow. So it was when I was you know, efforting my own stories, when I was finding those stories, when I was going on these shoots and meeting these really wonderful people and being super excited to share their story and get that out there on social media. And I'd be hounding the web team to be like, can we make sure we post it like this? It's going to be posted with the video. Okay, great, because I want to send it to them. They're so excited. And I realized that's a lot of what I'm doing now with Newsmaker Marketing. We're making them a story. I'm spreading the news on social media. We're spreading the news on their owned media. And then if I get them extra stuff or a major connection or we distribute their products somewhere, wow, I just got a huge win. And it just is so exciting for everybody. So I think this is what I always wanted to do, but Mm -hmm. I had to figure out a way to make it news and not a commercial, (laughs) (laughs) which was always hard for me. I always just wanted to spread the news about good news, but then people would say, oh, that's a commercial. But now I get to do the commercial and just make it look like news. Yes, yes. Well, I know I can speak for many others when I say thank you for being so open and honest about that place that you were in mentally and, and, and the fact that the break was really one of the best things that ever happened to you. Best thing. Because I think that, like you said, A, we don't know what our options are. Nope. B, people are too afraid of what they're going to do if that doesn't go well, right? Mm-hmm. Do I have to come back with my tail between my legs? Am I not going to have it figured out? Will this break be endless? So people just don't. And yeah. they get themselves to a point where they aren't able to pull themselves out of that hole on their own. It's all the phases of grief, too. I mm -hmm. had to go through, you know, grieving the fact that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And then I had to get mad. And once I got mad and frustrated, that's when I'm like, I got to do this for myself. Yeah. And I, after many different interviews where I was, there were, Everybody wanted to interview me, and I was like, this is great. I'm getting so many interviews, but I was always like the one that they didn't choose at the end. And I'm like, I don't understand. I'm overqualified for this job, but because I had not had a job in external communications or whatever beforehand, um, there was a lot of skepticism about whether I could do that kind of a role. And I'm like, yeah, I can do it better probably. Oh, yeah. And I was, you know, willing to take less money than I was making. I'm already going to be making more money on newsmaker marketing than I did in TV news. And I just started it two weeks ago, guys. So bet on yourself. Yes. And I literally keep thinking about all these people who are looking at my LinkedIn page being like, oh, why didn't we hire her again? Yeah, you should have. But thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad you did it. Yeah. So I'm so glad they didn't. I think about how, you know, my life could have gone many different ways so many times in my life. When I didn't win Miss USA, I was devastated. I would have never met my husband. My boys would not be who they are. So life has a funny way of working out. So if you're you in your early- You trust the process. Yeah, trust the universe. What's for you will not pass you is a, is a line I try to remind myself of often. And just know that like leaning into your vulnerability and your flaws is, you know, really actually a beautiful thing and you can learn a lot from them. Yeah, I love that. So now you're two weeks in? I think we're two weeks in, maybe 10 days. Okay. <laughs> What did you know about owning or starting your own business? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So I had to look up had... what an LLC is, guys. <laughs> and I'm bad at math. And I thought that was the reason why I could never be an entrepreneur. Sometimes I still spell entrepreneur wrong when I'm writing it out in things. Um, you just wait for e, the red squiggly line. Yeah, I wait for the red. It totally destroyed my education. <laughs> I'm a great writer. I can't spell. Um, but that being said, uh, I never thought this was for me. But now knowing my Capricorn personality... It is 100%. You have to work for yourself. Come on. I am so happy. And it's like, 
it's like a teenager getting let out to, to go to the mall for a night. It's like, I'm not going to get in trouble right now. You're letting me do You're this. extending my curfew? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's like I'm a little abused puppy that like finally got a good home. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. So you, you started with Googling. Well, you started with a client. Yeah, actually, then you had to Google. Kind of contact me, and then I had to Google everything and find out. And I'm still—I just hired a bookkeeper. I'm like, okay, let me figure out all these things that I've already put money up for. Like mm-hmm. that part scares the hell out of me, but yeah. that's where you delegate. And there's people who can help. And then I came across an old friend from back in the day of TV news, and she had been in PR. And I said, I think I need you to work for me. And so we've kind of built this all up. And I so, love that we are creating an environment where moms can be moms. So if you know someone's a kid is screaming in the background. That's fine. And a lot of our clients are totally thrilled that they can let their kids scream in the background, too. And it's going to be totally fine. Well, no one's that's judging. that's the world we're living in right now. I yeah. mean, I can't help it that my kids come home at 3 o'clock, right? Or like that I have to go bring them to soccer. In, that's just life right yes, now. Yes, and you can do that and still get great work done. Maybe mm-hmm. you work best at night. I work really well at like 5 o'clock in the morning. I get up, I drink my coffee, and I'm cranking out things first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then, um, so you got to be able to do what makes works for you. And this way we can do that and we can still have a really rich life. So my business is founded on storytelling, but also work-life balance for parents. And those are two things that are very close to our hearts. And when we're making decisions, like I hired a bookkeeper, she's local from the South coast and has four kids. I know she can handle this. Oh yeah. She can handle four kids. She got, she's got (laughs) this. So the mom hustle or the dad hustle is something I really appreciate. And I think that um, when employers are creating their businesses, if that's a founding ethos we have to stay committed to that good for you thank you for changing that narrative yeah i actually had someone say you shouldn't put your kids in the launch video next time don't do that again Uh, because they don't want people or don't talk about your mental health because people don't want to know that you're frazzled i said well i'm not frazzled i'm busy right but i'm not frazzled um so i said and actually i purposely put my kids in there because i'm a mom and that's part of my story and we're storytellers and i think i got to tell my story too and um, people who don't want to work with a mom, they're not going to hire me anyway. Right. And people who do, I said, you don't know how many people have contacted us loving that video saying, thank you for putting your kids inside there. I just said that I'm sorry you don't recognize what a new entrepreneur looks like these days. <gasps> Mic drop. Yes. And then I, I said, I'm sorry. I love you anyway. You're really nice and everything's fine. Of course, because I had to like, <laughs> I didn't want to make someone mad. Right, it was right, a good right. friend. They were trying to be helpful, but... Oh, it was just man. an older way of looking at it. It was an very, old man. <laughs> very outdated perspective. Yes, yes. I think that's BS advice. I think to so be too. honest and with I think, you. Again, I went back and I, you know, I thought about it for a second and I'm like, no, I gotta go with my gut. Absolutely. And that's another bet on yourself, bet on your gut. We know what's needed right now. I saw it so clear. And once I figured out what we needed to do with the giving content to people's social media while telling their stories directly to their own media and then going out and trying to find really strategic and really worthwhile PR. Like we're not going to pitch you to the middle of nowhere blog that no one's reading just to show you that we did something for you. If I'm not proud to tell you that we got you there, I'm not pitching you to that place. I'm proud to tell you I got you in the Globe, Boston Magazine, Chronicle. Those are all things I'll be psyched to tell my clients about. But I don't want to waste their time either. Yeah. Absolutely. So speaking of being a mom, mm-hmm. you have two boys. You said seven and three? Seven and four. Seven yeah. and four. 
how has it been juggling for you? I mean, I, I love that you're very transparent mm-hmm. about it, but really, what is that like? Well, I'm very lucky I have a lot of help. My godmother is like a second mom, and she babysits for me, and my parents help out. My mother-in-law has come up from New York. I married somebody from Brooklyn, so uh, she brings up great cannolis and, uh, and biscottis when she does. She um, gives the kids a nice sugar rush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, we're really lucky we have a lot of help. And I think that's part of when we planned our lives. We, I would love to live in the city, mm-hmm. but it just didn't make sense for us. So I think that staying close to home made that possible. Has asking for help Oh, I've got been no problem for asking you. for help. Okay, good. Well, with, but it's your family. It's just like. Right. Well, I think that there is this. Um, Stigma. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't think that there should be, but I think that there is this, oh, I don't want somebody else watching my kids or taking care of my kids or it makes me feel like I'm not doing my job as a mom, right? People have that. It's like, it's more of a guilt trip, I think, that they put on themselves a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, But was that... I don't think I ever had that problem. Good. I think that I have been so focused on my job for so long and the kids came because it was something we wanted, but it... I never lost my identity mm-hmm. in that I was a working person too. And I think that definitely made things difficult. I can say that during the burnout phase, when I had, took that time just to be with them, our bond got even better. Yeah. And I thought, I wish that we had this a little bit earlier too, but they know that mommy works. They love that mommy works hard. And I hope that I'm providing a really great example for them. And I know I'm still giving them a lot of love. And now I can do it both by being home more often. I can go to something that's I'm not always missing that game. It's it's a lot better. Yeah, and I'm sure you have a little bit better control of your ske- your schedule now too. Absolutely, yeah. I can give that to my employees too, which is super exciting. That yes. I can say, no, don't lie to me. Tell me you have a doctor's appointment. Absolutely, go to that. Yeah, you need to drop your kid off to the bus. Absolutely, that we'll work our calls around this. Win's good for you. Yeah. Um, similarly, with your husband. I mean, he was oh, yeah. meeting He's mom and dad too. in 24 hours, so. <laughs> so he helps out a lot, too, and. Well, I'm curious. He does the dishes. Oh. I hate doing the dishes. He's 6'5 and does the dishes? I know, it's hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious because I think also there is this, again, another stigma or this maybe false narrative that men are intimidated by women who work. Was right. that has that ever been an issue or concern in your relationship with you being so devoted to your career? Um, I think when we first met, I had gotten my first job in Springfield, so he knew right away. And I think, you know, I had just given up the title as Miss Mass and I was a cute young reporter. I don't think it was like too intimidating for him at the time. <laughs> I was making almost no money. He's working in finance, so it's like, okay, like yeah, yeah it was yeah. not intimidating. And now that I'm starting my own business, he's just so excited for me. Um and he's been a champion the whole way through and you know, I think that that's really important. Um, having someone who's your best friend, who supports you through the tough times. And he supported me during all that burnout times. It took my kids saying, I was crying one day and then I was going to work the next day. And my son said, are you going to be okay to go to work today? I'm worried about you, mom. And I thought, oh my God, it was like you're in an abusive situation and they just hit the kid. And that was the part that I said, okay, it's destroying me, but now it's affecting my family in ways that I don't know what the long-term consequences could be from this. So I need, I need to figure this out. What an eye-opener. It was a major eye-opening moment. Um, And I'm just so grateful that he pointed that out to me, that he was nervous and he had the guts to say something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also what a 
good moment at the same time too, because sometimes I think we dismiss how aware children aware. are, yeah. um, and a nice reminder yeah. that even when we think it may not be affecting them, mm -hmm. it can. It can. So I, it was up to me as the parent to say, okay, I've got to get my mental health in check. I've got to get out of a situation that's making me miserable, mm -hmm. and I have to start figuring it away. This isn't. I don't recognize this, Jackie. Like I didn't know who I was anymore. I had done some really incredible things in my life and I had done some really gutsy things in my life. And here I was just being like, can I, can I please, can I please do this? <laughs> and that was ridiculous. That's yeah. not who I am. So it was time that I kind of like took the bull by the horns and started something. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I just had that epiphany, yeah. that wake up call. And I would never have had it. Had they said, we'll let you be the weekend anchor. We'll let you do this. We'll let you do that. I would have never taken this opportunity. I would have just taken whatever scraps were offered to me. So yeah. in a way I feel like I need to send yeah, people. Another thank you note. Another thank you note <laughs> to the people, to the haters. <laughs> to the haters. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for, for sharing that. <laughs> I saw you got a little teary-eyed. But I think it just speaks to how wonderful of a mother you are, but also to your strength as well. Um, to be vulnerable is to be strong, in my opinion. So you yeah. being able to really talk about this and share this, I know is helping. I think it's critical. At least a handful of people shouting right the now. Rooftops because if you are feeling that way, where you have been miserable for years, yeah, and you know it, and you're struggling to just keep going, and it's taking a toll on you, it's taking a toll on your marriage, it's taking a toll on your kids. Make a change. Yeah, you can do it. Take a break, even if you don't know. I had no idea what else I wanted to do. I asked my husband, I've already been like, I'm gonna go to law school. I'm calling, <laughs> I'm calling whoever I know that's a dean of whatever school, and they're just gonna get me in. Yes, that's it. Or I'm gonna go get my MBA. Like I've come home with like so many. Oh, I tried to get on the Amazing Race. Like really tried. Really? Yes, we were finalists. So <gasps> what happened? They, they went did with not. Else? They didn't. They went with someone else. Oh, so, idiot. I know. So in case they, you know, want me back, guys, <laughs> we would have been epic television. I oh, have hell no yeah. sense of direction. My husband gets so pissed at me. We fight nonstop. People would been like, she is heinous and awful and I can't believe that he's with her, I would be the villain. <laughs> I'm sure that would not be true. That Joe is a saint, so they would have been like, Joe's so great and she's terrible. Yeah, well you know how they like to edit so maybe those th things. Maybe, this, so maybe that's a blessing I didn't get on The Amazing Race. Again, another blessing in disguise. I was willing to be a reality TV villain to get myself out of news. <laughs> So. She was going to do whatever. I was desperate. But I also think too, like I have, a, I have a bunch of girlfriends who have sort of done that job hop, right? One thing to the next. I hate it here, so I'm going to take this because it's being offered to me. But to your point, like you would have done that and you probably would now be in the same boat you were at the time of accepting it. You're putting that Band-Aid on yeah. and continuously putting that Band-Aid on rather than really getting to the root of the issue or yeah. what it is that you're feeling and going through. And I so, think if you're in an industry where you're seeing a lot of red flags and mm -hmm. you're seeing less opportunity, consider that your big wake-up call that you should probably pivot to something else. Why are you gonna be on the Titanic, guys? <laughs> Get on the Carpathia, find another boat, build your own. Noah's Ark, oh whatever you got to do, guys. But uh, you do not want to stay on the Titanic. So like whatever industry you're in, if there are more doors closing, mm. and that might not be the case for everybody. Somebody, that could be, you know, if you're a fish, the Titanic probably was a great place to be. <laughs> 
So some places true. are good for others and not good for some others. So true, true. You never know. But you got you to gotta go where the universe is guiding you. If all the doors are closing, that's the universe telling you, this probably isn't the best path. But our entire generation was told, take the path less traveled. Yep. And we were like told it had to be hard. And I was going to overcome it. And I fought it for over 15 years in TV news, mm-hmm. over 10 years at my station, being like, I'll show them. Well, what? and then they ask us why we overanalyze everything. And it's like, because you guys have overcomplicated everything. Yes, we're overanalyzing <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out the way forward through this very d- difficult situation. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot like love. It really shouldn't be this hard. It should just click. And I can tell you that now that I'm on another end of something that's really working and it's all aligning, yeah, everyone is on my team is like, is it supposed to be this easy? I go, I don't know. We just keep signing business. I can't believe how easy. Don't question it. It's been so quick. That's amazing. And I just think that like we found that little niche that made sense. Mm-hmm. We found a need and we're servicing it and we are so excited to do it. Yeah. Well, truly like love. It's like when you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like 24 hours in. Yeah, the parents. yeah. Yep. So how many employees do you have right now? It's a little bit secretive. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Um, we're still kind of building up. So right now uh, it's a hodgepodge, but uh, we'll be revealing more about that okay. as time goes on. Can right now share- it's just like I'm a front man, but I've got some peeps helping. Yeah. Love that. Um, can you share what sort of the future might hold for newsmaker marketing? I think the future is gonna be pretty great. Um, I'm really excited to see what we can build. I think as we continue to add clients, I'll have to bring on more employees. So I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to hiring more journalists. I'm looking forward to, we've hired some interns as well, so I can say that. So you know, we're putting them to work, but it's great because we are helping you know young people kind of discover new ways to storytell, which is really exciting. So if they wanna be a journalist, maybe that's not the only thing that they could do with those that skill set. And, um, Yeah, I just think that the sky's the limit. I think we're going to grow. I think we're going to employ people. I think we're going to become a big company. I see it (laughs) in my crystal ball. I see it. Yeah, I I mean, I see it happening. Like I said, we have 10 clients. We just signed our 10th this morning. Mm -hmm. And I believe in every single business, these are awesome people, awesome corporations and clients. And we're just so excited to do excellent work for them and share their stories with more people. Yeah, I think that people can tell how sincere you are, how much you enjoy what you do, um, and you genuinely care. Yeah, I really care about our employees. What's important? This is not again the 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 common denominator has always been storytelling, Mm -hmm. and that you really truly want to help them get their stories out and do good and spread kindness and positivity. And when when you exude that from your most inner core people see that and people are going to want to work with people like you that's who they're going to want to have in their corner you know and and I truly truly see this just completely blossoming for you and I'm very excited for you and you're so warm and you're hilarious (laughs) and so also you know if it's like if I got to spend my money at an agency I want to spend money on her because you want to work with people you like too and that's huge and we're kind of doing that on the other end too we're like we only want to work with clients that we really like so (laughs) you know we are kind of feeling it out we're like okay yeah so when you tell someone you're at capacity you really just aren't into it do that yeah but I might have ho- like thrown out some like big numbers to some people I love it and then I was like oh okay I know maybe in the future can I ask you one question too and this is a little bit personal and we can kind of keep it vague but um going back to like 
what what do you cost? And you had to really think about it. One of the big things for women in careers and, and business is equal pay and and charging what they're what you're worth. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have been in those shoes where they felt like, I don't know what I'm supposed to ask yeah. for in terms of compensation or a raise. Um, you don't have to tell me numbers. No, but I just, think that we're the best deal in town right now because we're just getting started. And so we're starting to realize how good of a deal we really have been yeah. charging. So um, get in while the getting's good, guys. If you want to be a client, now yes. is the time yes. uh, to contact us because it's like we're giving out like Christmas tree shop deals here. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, don't tell me numbers, but just, no, I think, I how do, do you, <laughs> I, and I don't think you should, but how do you come to a number? Do you take into mind, okay, we're new, and so we got to go a little bit lower to be competitive? Do you, How do you know It's what more about what the client can, can, can to, afford. What they can pay for. Um, and then how passionate, so there are some clients that we're just so passionate about them, we know that they're going to be, but they don't have the funds yet. Mm-hmm. So I think for, we're a small business. They're a small business and we want to grow with you. So all of our clients know that like whether we're starting them off at a certain point and we have to grow it, um, we're kind of in that boat with a lot of them. So I think that this is going to be something that um, we're going to grow together. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. And I want clients for the long term. I want to be able to, we ask them what their greatest goals are. And one person told me she wants a collaboration with Martha Stewart. I'm like, that is what we're going yes, for. Girl. We're going to make that happen. So Martha, if you're listening, I got a client for you. <laughs> hey, oh might as well put it out Absolutely. there, right? <laughs> if you say it enough, the universe will hear you. And I truly believe that. I really believe that too. And that's been a real big change. Since mm-hmm. I took this break, I am letting the universe guide me a lot more. I'm a lot less stressed. I'm depending on others more. I am realizing that I can't do everything myself. And yeah, I'm still betting on myself. That's and fantastic. I'm giving myself. I'm really proud of myself. And you I don't know if I should have ever be. said that earlier on in my 30s. That's why I said I think it's getting better. You can start to realize like the sum of all your achievements. And I was a big achievement based person. And mm-hmm. I think that I'm really proud I took a break, which is the opposite of an achievement. But for me, that was probably the biggest achievement because it was the hardest thing to do. It was yeah. a requirement for your journey. Yeah, to get yeah. There. And it was probably the the hardest goal for myself was to unwind. Mm, that's tough. That was really hard. I didn't know how to do it. I fought it tooth and nail until like my body literally was like sick, giving up and I'm crying in the middle of a dressing room. Sometimes that's what it takes. <laughs> a whole mental breakdown. <laughs> so um, where can people find you? Your Instagram handle is the Jackie Bruno. Yes, the Jackie Bruno. <laughs> and it's Newsmaker Marketing. Are there any... Um, underscores or anything newsmaker marketing on instagram it's newsmaker and it's in, the marketing is spelled funny on twitter it's mktg okay and then um an abbreviation and then your website is newsmakermarketing.com exactly spelled out fantastic yeah um last but not least before i let you go we've talked about so much and i feel like you've given so much advice so i'm like sorry to make you now no, think for one more I thing hope this helps but people. i wish i had truly, someone telling me some stuff <laughs> that's that's the point of this is we never know where to go yeah. and you hear a lot of this and that from a bunch of different people but um i think it's really nice to just have to get to know people mm-hmm. and then the more you know them the more you trust them and just have a resource to go and say like look at her now yeah. if this is what she believes in genuinely I should maybe try that out and see where that gets me, and right? I also feel like I, I thought I was going to have this crisis at like 50, guys. <laughs> this seemed really it early a for my sooner. midlife crisis. 37, I don't know about you guys, but that seems a little young to me. <laughs> I remember being like, am I over the hill already? 
Well, you just you just are overachiever. It's the Capricorn in you. You wanted to start early, so now you just won't have one at fifty. That's all. So I just you know had to kind of reevaluate my life and pivot and figure it out. And I think the connector was great. I saw all these female entrepreneurs who started becoming my friends, and then I saw okay, well if they can do it, maybe I can do it. It gave me a little more courage. That's why I think really surround yourself with people who are super positive, who Mm. are rooting for you, who want to see you succeed. And if you don't have those type of friends in your life, well, come to the connector because we'll introduce you. I love that. So that would be your biggest piece of advice for for yes. women in this age group. You think just surround yourself with good people and try to meet as many people. Yeah, as they you say can. it's who you know that matters. And as I tell my group, we're going to know everyone. Yes. Um. And so that's really powerful. And I think that when we support each other and where we're genuinely there for each other, it makes a huge difference. And I say personal and professional goals because I think that if you don't have your personal life in order, it's really hard to focus on the, those professional goals and. Mm-hmm. Life has a tendency to throw things at you. Like my son, Jack, got diagnosed with autism when he was two years old and three months. And I had no idea what to do. Thankfully, at the time, I had a manager who knew exactly what to do. And she held my hand through the whole process. Would you look at that? And now she's one of my best friends. So I say that she had to come into my life for For that and vice versa. So like, again, everything had a place, right? Um, And I think that, but now I can be that resource for someone else who doesn't know where do I get this diagnosis? What do we do? What's ABA? You get thrown into alphabet soup and it's very confusing. (laughs) And I thought if I was confused and I'm a reporter whose job it is to find out information information. I can't imagine if you're a single mom where English is your second language. Yeah. It is a nightmare out there for people to kind of figure out new phases of their life. Maybe it's an elderly parent. Maybe it's, you know, needing to pivot your job. There's a lot of things that can be really scary on your own. But if you know a few people who have been through it before, we could absolutely make those right. connections through the connector and make sure that things are yeah. a lot less scary. And sometimes it's just having a person to talk to. Yeah. Not that you need to, what what they did for them may not be what's best for you, right? Mm-hmm. But at least it's a sounding board yeah. and then you have that person to relate to and you just, like you said, kind of like, you don't feel so crazy, you don't feel so clueless yep. or you don't feel alone. Yep. And that's, I think, the biggest thing for everybody. And that's what we say about the connector too is great because like you're building this network, you don't even know when you're gonna need someone in the network work. Um, but life comes up and now you're like, I know who I'm going to call. Yeah. Well, I am wishing your son the best. I am. He's doing wonderful. He's doing well. He's now going to be in a production of Newsies. He's like an acting and talking. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's like a superstar. Oh wow. That's fantastic. So he's doing great, but it took like a lot of therapy and a lot of hard work, but I now feel like that's another thing I can be an advocate for because I now know what that journey is like. And he's definitely got a little bit of his mother in him. He's a hard worker. He's my kid. (laughs) While the other one is like the beastie boy who's probably going to be like my MMA fighter. But he also, he looks just like me. So he's my clone. And Jack's definitely personality me. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much (laughs) for being here. I wish you the best of luck with Newsmaker. I can't wait to see where it takes you. And... Hopefully we'll have you back on here next year and we'll see. We'll do like a little update. Yeah. Before and after. Yes. I'll get more glam. I had a huff tough day today guys. Oh my gosh. She you are too much. You look absolutely fabulous. At seven AM. So if they hopefully you're listening in the car and you can't see me because this is not my best. This is not my best. I've been now out everyone all day. needs to go and watch the YouTube. Okay, fine. There you go. That was a good tease. For the there YouTube. you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, she knows what she's doing. I know TV. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.